wonderful. I do love the Lord and uh, thank Him for His many blessings to us. Started this morning, and I, I, um, I know uh, why the blood, why seven times. You can say, well, it's God's perfect number, it's completion, it's that sense of doing it, uh, sprinkling the blood seven times. Obviously, the Lord also shed blood seven times, and we talked about this morning redemption, and we talked about cleansing and justification and sanctification and atonement and intercession. Uh, and I, 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 I mentioned that I, I was hurrying, but talking about the blood of Abel cries out. And I know that, um, you know, they have shows even now that have made their way into uh, <clears throat> the airways about cold cases and people that were murdered or whatever many years ago and every once in a while like you I'll read where some serial killer in California or something 50 years ago is tracked down by DNA and they figure out a way to uh, you know to retest all of the things and so if that blood can cry out for 50 years how much greater does the blood of Jesus cry out for mercy and grace and kindness? And so that, that's very powerful. And I, I know, I, as I said this morning, access, and Brother Nick read the verse, boldness to come in to the presence of the Lord. And I, I, I realize that I, you could spend an hour or two or three and study each one of those seven things. And then when you stop and think that in each one of those, Jesus, of course, shed his blood. And I, I mentioned this morning and preached about how it began in the Garden of Eden and how basically the second Adam, the last Adam, it ended in the Garden of Gethsemane where he fought in uh, his own willpower and he fought that very sense of doing what he wanted to do. And he was alone. He was, he didn't have, it wasn't Adam and Eve. It wasn't uh, Jesus and his disciples. And they were able to gather together and pray for one another. And that's, we have the body. And when people say, you know, I'm trying to uh, fight a, an addiction or a habit or break something that is in my will. And I, and you don't use the body and you don't talk to the body and you don't contact the body. You know, you're trying to go it alone. But let me tell you, Jesus went it alone. And he was successful. I don't know if I could be. I need the body. In fact, that's what the Bible says. That we need one another to pray for us and bless us and strengthen us. And you know, there's something about it. And I know just coming into the house of the Lord and just being able to see the People and I, I, you know, yesterday I, I was able to go and visit Brother Bob Keys and Tammy was there and and you know we left and I think Tracy or Laylee or somebody was coming in and and you know for so many months people couldn't do that and just having contact with people you know, 
powerful, powerful sense of their presence. And Jesus sweat, as it were, great drops of blood, praying, not my will, but thy will be done. Because he was facing the greatest battle of his will. Will I agree? I can call 10,000 angels. I could do something about this. I could stop this. I don't have to do this. Who are they to treat me this way? I'm the God of the universe. I could just simply think about it. Yes. You know? And, and I realize, you know, that the Lord knows do what he's doing because if he gave me lightning bolts and huh? A lot of people would be ash today. Amen. Just being honest. Maybe not for you. Maybe you would just be kind and sweet and love everybody and be nice to everybody. But, you know, I mean, there are people that don't even know that they're idiot drivers that I could just, just you know, just say, Lord, take them out right now. Amen. Huh? <laughs> My will. But all... Well, because he sweat drops of blood in the garden. I, I don't have to be a, a, a subject and, and just a, a tool to my own self, a slave to my own will and my own passion and my own anger and my own frustration. Why? Because there's a power that came through the blood that is able to cleanse and change and wash and I can wrestle that will to the ground and say, sorry, not my will. But your will. And all of a sudden do something that I, I wouldn't normally do. I mean, don't think for a moment that I always want to pray for them. And that I always want to bless them that use you. And I always want to be nice. Huh? But because of the blood that was shed in the garden. I'm able to say, no, not my will, Lord. I got to, I got to stop that. And and so here it was in the garden that he he shed his blood, he sweat, and then we talked about the bruising, and we and we looked at the bruising, and I mentioned how that they beat him, and they, you know, they they spit on his face, and they smote him with the palms of their hands, and they they were doing all of these things, and I I realized, brother Spire sent me a text and said you know what was the read and this was this whole sense of mockery that we'll, we'll get to where they, they literally you know they, they, were, they were mocking him and that, that's going to come later but right now they are just beating him with the palms why? so that they wouldn't, wouldn't break the skin but just to leave deep indentations and by oh you know and Isaiah said it he has borne our grief he has carried our sorrows he was wounded for our transgression bruised for our iniquities. Oh, I'm telling you that I don't care what it is that's internal that has happened to you. I don't care how many times you've been hit, how many times you've been done wrong. I'm telling you there is a drop of blood that was shed that can heal every bruise and change your life. When people tell me, oh, you don't know, you don't know what it's been like, you don't know how I was raised, you don't know what happened to me, you don't know where was God, where was God when it happened? I said he was on Calvary because all things are going to be able to change. He's able to make all things brand new. 
Then I talked about the beating or the scourging, if you will, that happened. And they scourged Jesus. And we know why that beating took place. And we know why. And, and you know, the whole point of 39 stripes. And, and Deuteronomy says, don't do it 40. And yet, here it was. And they gave him just the very maximum. And you can study all of that. But by his stripes, we are healed. And you say, well, Lord. Well, you know, why doesn't every cancer, every, every cold, every case of COVID get healed? Healed the way I think it ought to be healed. Healed when I think it ought to be healed. I want to tell you something. There is a healing that takes place mentally and emotionally. That goes beyond just what this physical body this physical body is not going to go to heaven anyway it came from the dirt it's going to go back to the dirt but one of these days I'm going to walk a street of gold not in my body it doesn't matter what I've had it's not going to happen here externally it's happening internally oh and you say well are you saying that he can't heal externally? Yes, he does. And I'm thankful for that. And I, I've told people many, many times, yes, go to the doctor. Call the doctor. Pray on your way. Call for prayer. Text for prayer. Why? Because it's still the practice of medicine. They do their best. But you know what? I'm glad I know the great physician. I can call on him 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter what's going on. I know the great physician. And he was blood was shed. And then the crown of thorns, number four. And I, I talked about that. And Brother Spires mentioned it. And why thorns? Why thorns? Why a grass reed? Why a, a little piece of grass did they put in his hand? It was to mock him. It was like, you know, this reed would be your scepter. You know, how powerful you are. You are not powerful at all. You can't. Your scepter is a piece of grass. Your crown is a crown of thorns. But you know what they didn't realize? The Lord had cursed the ground. Said, you're going to toil. You're going to work. You're going to suck by the sweat of your brow. And what they didn't realize is in their mocking Jesus, he was taking his blood. When, it took, when they put that crown on his head, he was saying, I'm going to break the curse that you will find yourself under. Of, I've got to do this and I got to. And, and let me tell you, it can be a curse to get on the a little treadmill, the gerbil wheel of life. Why? Because you can feel like, you know, I, I, I'm not getting ahead and nothing's going right. And I, I wish I had this and I don't understand that. And what's going on? And I, I can find myself. And the Lord said, I can break that with a crown of thorns. Why? Because you're not going to have to labor. We, because guess what? I was poor. I was rich, you know, and, and I became poor for your sakes. I read it this morning. What do you say? I don't care if you don't have any money in your pocket and you got shoes that have got a hole in the bottom. When you feel the richness of the blessings of God that you can say, I'm blessed. I'm rich. I'm blessed. 
My wife mentioned the other day, she said, I think she mentioned it to the ladies about Sister Rosie Johnson. I think you told the ladies about dear saint of God in our church in Lone Oak and passed away many, many years ago before we moved here. Little lady who had almost nothing, but you would go there and you would feel the presence of God. She was a prayer warrior. You walked in the house and you felt something about it. She would tell, you know what I've been doing? I, Pastor, I have been going through and underlining every one God scripture that there is in the Old Testament. I had a big Bible. And then the next time you go in, you know what I've been doing? I've been underlining every verse that talked about how God's going to heal and deliver. You, boy, you just left there. You went there to pray for her. And then you left feeling like, whew. Why? She didn't have anything. I, I've thrown away stuff that was better than what she had. But she was rich in having the presence and spirit of Almighty God. What are you saying? One day the blood was shed on a crown of thorns. I, it's not all about what I have down here, but one of these days I'm going to have a crown. And you know how much that crown's going to mean to me when I see him? You know what? I'm walking on gold. It's going to be like asphalt. I was just walked through a street, a gate that was made of a solid pearl. You think this means anything to me? Honey, you can have this. You can have, oh, does that mean God won't bless? Sure, God will bless. But my home is not here. My mansion is somewhere else. Oh. So, uh, Pastor, oh, you, you can say that because you live in a nice house and you got, you got a man. I, I hate to burst your bubble, but many years ago I was preaching down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida for Brother Elms. We were doing a whole thing and had a lady in his church that sold yachts. Sold yachts. And she had tickets to the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show. And we were there on a Saturday. And he said, you want to go by and see some boats? And I'm thinking, sure. Boats. I walked down docks where you take your shoes off. And they give you special little white slippers. You think I got a lot now? I'm going to tell you something. I went on to these ships where, you know, they don't even list the price. I say ships, but they're, you know, this is my little boat. And finally I asked the lady that was, I said, what? She said, Oh, this is one of our cheaper ones. I don't know, 28 million, not counting the crew that you have to hire to run it. I want to tell you something. I don't care what you have here. 
you can get caught up in the bug of wanting something else bigger and better or you can say one day the Lord broke that with a crown of thorns I am rich I can be rich in a one room house I can be rich in a ten room mansion if somebody out there on TV land wants to give me a yacht starting at I'll take the the little boat that sits on top of the yacht I mean, we, I saw them with little submarines and he, helicopter pads and all. Huh? Remember? It was like, good Lord. And, and, you know, so what are you saying? I'm saying, I'm glad I'm not caught up in all of that. Why? Because one day he took a crown of thorns. Then, then I, I, I know, and I, I mentioned that this morning. I'm, I'm sorry. We, we go through that. And now, number five, they nailed his hands. And we know that because the Bible says they crucified him. And after he was resurrected, he said, behold, my hands and feet. And he showed him his hands and feet. I put the verse Genesis. 39th chapter, 2, 3. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of the master, of his master the Egyptian. And the master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hands. So what are you saying? You just said that on the one hand, you're not seeking that. On the other hand, God will bless you. Get it. Doesn't make logical sense to me. How that you can say, Lord, I want to be rich toward you, and then He can prosper you. Amen. Give, being a cheerful giver, and all of a sudden the Lord begins to bless. I don't know how. In fact, Proverbs, the 10th chapter and the 22nd verse, the blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. What do you say? Oh Lord, bless my hands. Let your blood touch my hands. I want the things that I do to handle. Oh, I, I want it to all of a sudden be have, have a sense of being able to, to have completion. Then of course, nail the feet. Not only hands, but feet. What did he tell him in Deuteronomy? Every place the sole of your foot shall touch I will give you what are you saying there was blood shed so that one place he said it like this you shall you can tread on scorpions why because of the blood what are you talking about I am here to tell you that you are of God, little children, and I've overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. What are you saying? That in this hour where my feet, this is why I, I have to be careful where I go, what, who I associate with, what I'm doing with my hands because I'm carrying the blood of Jesus with me. I'm carrying the blood. I, you know, ask yourself sometimes, do I want to, hey Jesus, you want to go into this place? He might tell you, I'd rather my feet don't go in there. And if you say, well, I'm going in anyway, then you're stepping out of the blood shoes. Ask the Lord, Lord, you want me to do this, see this, have this? With the blood that's on my hands? 
he might say I'd rather you you not <laughs> you say I, I don't I don't want that blood away from my hands or my feet I want it from my top of my head to the soles of my feet I want the blood to cleanse every part of me last but not least and we know what happened after Jesus said my God my God why hast thou forsaken me he had prayed father what forgive them into thy hand they were going to break his legs and they looked and the soldier saw that he was dead and just to make sure he rammed a spear up in his side and according to medical doctors they say that when blood and water came out that it, that there had been a sack of water that had surrounded his heart and that soldier literally pierced the heart of Jesus so that blood and water began to flow out. That last place he shed blood was in the seat of our emotions, the heart. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how bad it might seem. I don't care what the doctors have said. I don't care what the lawyers have said. You can have joy unspeakable and full of glory because one day there was blood that was shed from the heart of God. You can say, Father, forgive them. I, I don't, I don't want to forgive them. I don't feel like forgiving them. But you know what? That's why Nehemiah said, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions for whom nothing is prepared. Give to somebody else. For this day is holy for to the Lord. Neither be ye sorrow. For the Lord, joy of the Lord is my what? Why do you think there is such a, a, an oppressive spirit to try to steal any joy. Because the Lord knows, I shed blood for your joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. John said it like this. He said, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. David wrote it in Psalms. This is the day that the Lord hath made. What? I will. I don't feel good. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Well, you say every day. That's right. That means every day I'm supposed to praise Him. This is the day. My soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in His salvation. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make His deeds known among the people. Sing unto Him. Sing songs. Talk of all of His wondrous works. Glory ye in His holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice. You say... How do you feel? I'm overwhelmed. I need the blood. But you know what? There's a song in my heart. The Lord's still been good. Why? 
because he shed blood from the innermost being that by his stripes, by his bruising, by his, all of that, now I can come. And you know, that's what makes us say, that's, that's kind of crazy and I understand. It, it makes you kind of feel like, you know, well, what's wrong with these people there on some kind of a spiritual Prozac? And I'm not talking about some happy pill that just says like, oh, I don't feel any pain. I never have any worries. No, I got lots of problems. I got lots of problems. I got lots of worries. I got lots of things I need to pray for. But you know what? There's still something down deep inside of me. Rejoice. This is the day the Lord hath made. Well, I don't have anything to... Well, it's a new day. Who knows what's going to happen today? I don't know. This might be the day the Lord comes. I'm getting ready to leave this world. I'm getting ready for the gates of pearl. This is the day. So it doesn't matter what else comes my way. I know who's got my day in the palm of his hand. And I'm here to tell you, I won't leave here one millisecond before he says, it's enough. You say, oh, well, a fool can die. I understand a fool, but I'm not a fool because I, I believe in one God. The Bible says a fool has said in his heart there is no God. I believe in God. I know a lot of people may be foolish and don't believe in God, but I believe in God. And I know what he's able to do. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you want to come and worship, you're welcome. Oh,